In this town, there is no off-season. The news never stops, and neither do we. It's always game day in Cleveland with Andy Baskin and Daryl Leiter. It's a post-game edition of It's Always Game Day in Cleveland. The Browns fall to the Ravens. That's four straight losses in a row. 23-20 the final, and the Browns look better, but not enough to pull off a victory, and that's why they have four straight losses. Uh, Today's show brought to you locally by our good friends at Smiley One, heating, cooling, and plumbing. Bryant, Smiley One, the right choice for your comfort. Initial reaction, Daryl Ryder. I got nothing after that. You zero? <laughs> nothing? You're toast? You're nothing? I'm, we got time to fill here, my I, friend. We better get talking about something because the Browns I'm, didn't win. I'm like the Browns in 2022. Toast. Yeah. So you're saying you were couldn't like. Couldn't even get to Halloween. Like, couldn't even get to Halloween without football in this town being dead already. Apparently, guys were yelling in the locker room, according to what I'm seeing on Twitter. I guess there was some fighting or some yelling in the locker room, according to those that attended the game in Baltimore. I did not. Therefore, I have secondhand information. But, um, yeah, that's that's what's on Twitter right now, is that there was yelling and screaming after the game from the locker room. So things are going well. When the media was in the room or out of the room? I, I don't know. I guess out of, out, I'm guessing standing outside the locker room. Uh, Mary Kay uh, asked Kevin Stefanski, someone asked Kevin Stefanski about tempers flaring. Um, and he just said normal football. Miles Garrett was asked about it. So, yeah, some something happened uh, in the locker room after the game. Well, I will say this and and just watching Kevin Stefanski in that postgame press conference, that was not a. I mean, obviously, he had looked like he had the life sucked out of him because he did. I mean, the way the yep. team finished it and um i also thought it was interesting that he um towed the line on criticizing the officials at the end of the game too just saying i'm sure i'll get an explanation on that at least twice in the post-game press conference i really hate to be the uh the browns got hosed by the officials guy but i it's a part of this there were some pretty terrible calls the uh fact that Jacoby Brissett got hit late twice. They Ooh, that was threw, bad. Yeah. They threw a flag on one of them and then picked it up. Um, and then uh, you had the offensive pass interference to wipe the 35-yard touchdown off the board to Amari Cooper. I thought that was a pretty weak call. And then the I'm still trying to figure out the false start. You know, my understanding is that the set, the long snapper, Charlie Hewlett, is allowed to lift the ball to position it to snap to snap it and he's allowed to lower his head in doing you know so that he can see where he's going to fire the football without that being a foul um the fact that the officials couldn't even get the right number right as far as who the player was that false started is problematic but two ravens came into the neutral zone and hit the browns line i i don't know i that should have gone against the ravens in my view and uh, I know some people on Twitter are already calling me a homer for thinking that. Too bad. Like, I think that was a pretty terrible call. Uh, what was also interesting is that they shortened. Uh, it, that should have been a 61 or a 62-yard try, at, but they were going to hold it from the right at midfield at the 50, which meant it was a 60-yard try, Right. which it obviously got blocked. 
Um, York has the ability to make that kick. He's got the leg for it. But, you know, as I wrote in my top takeaways, Andy, it's awful tough not to feel that the Browns got hosed by the officials. But at the same time, they the Browns did plenty in this game to beat themselves. Plenty. Starting with Kevin Stefanski. Um, but yeah, uh, this, this is, um, this has the potential to get real ugly real fast. I have a, my, my, my spidey sense is tingling and none of it is positive. Um, I, plenty of thoughts. I, I, you know, they were, I, I, if you want to look at the glasses being half full, you can say they played much better than they did against the Patriots. I'll give them that. And there oh, were yeah. times, yeah, I mean, there were times when I thought the defense was going to come through early in the second half, I mean, they had the sack attack going on that they we hadn't seen all season. Yeah, putting, they did. You aren't putting this one on Joe Woods this week. Um, Mike Prefer should take another flogging from the media and fans, but not Joe Woods. Joe called a great – and, it was you know, people say, oh, I see Joe Woods called a good game today. Well, how do you know he's not been calling good games? Maybe right. his players just aren't doing what they're supposed to be doing. Did you ever think about that? And that I then blame on the general manager who brought the players in and stocked the team. So may, maybe Joe Woods isn't as terrible as, you know, we've been making him out to be. But th the coaches tend to take more blame uh, than players do when things are going south. And right now the Browns are two and five and they're pretty much cooked. Like, I, I just I don't think there's any recovering from this, Andy. I, I really don't like even if they beat the Bengals and go into the bye week and they're three and five and everyone's back on the bandwagon again. Coming out of the bye week, you got to go to Miami, Buffalo, and then come home for the Buccaneers. Good news, Buccaneers lost today. Uh, uh, so, uh, you know, maybe there's a slim chance that, uh, you know, Tampa Bay is on the, the downslope of things because it was a pretty bad loss losing to the Carolina Panthers, who I think are on their seventh quarterback right now. And, you know, they, <laughs> they lost 21-3. to So... Um, it's just, it's really, really hard to, to feel anything good about the Browns right now after this game. It really is. Well, I think the other hard part about this too, is it's another AFC loss, which is the fourth tiebreaker. If you actually, I mean, I'd like, I don't even want to talk and, about and, tiebreakers. And, Let's and, be honest. No, it's, it's unrealistic. It's, it's unrealistic to discuss any type of postseason right now, uh, options for the Browns. Um, they're three games below 500. They Houston Texans are sending bouquets of flowers right now to 76 Lugrosa Boulevard because this is a top 10 draft pick that they're in line to get. Uh, and Deshaun Watson hasn't even played a snap for them. And, you know, what is scary to me is when I look at this whole picture, Andy, um, they're all in on this roster. And there's going to be a lot of stuff that they're going to have to fix in the off season. And they're not going to have a first round pick to be able to do that. Well, I just don't think, I mean, you're going to, how, how deep are they going to try to fix it with draft picks? And it was right. You don't have it. And two, yes, I mean, because you, he doesn't, because I mean, we don't seem to be walking away from our current draft picks. You know, anytime. Andrew Berry's done such a great job drafting pro bowlers from the third to seventh rounds of the draft since he's gotten here. That's the other part of this. Andrew Barry's draft picks haven't been that great. They really haven't. If you really want to go with the substance of it, they haven't. I mean, JOK had a great day today. Give him, uh, you know, uh, I'll give him that one. But when you look at the totality of these uh, three draft classes that Andrew Barry has, there's there's not a whole lot there. He's kept them all except for one, Richard LeCount. 
Uh, he's kept all of his picks, basically. But you, when you talk about meaningful, game-changing, winning football contributions from his draft picks, nah, nothing. And Anthony Schwartz was inactive Sunday. And he was, remember, going into the season, he was supposed. this was supposed to be quantum leap year for him. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm. I got to be honest with you. Uh, the more I, and as I look through it again, I just don't see where the offside was on the Browns on that kick. It, now, it, the, it has other... to be the move in the football. That's the only thing that I can think. If you look very closely, you could see Charlie Hewlett right before he puts his head down to look between his legs to find the target where he's going to snap the ball. You see him reset the football very slightly. Oh man! That's when you see the Ravens move. It's that's weird. What cause... I have to believe is the foul. That's the yeah. only. That is the only thing that could have been a foul. And again, my understanding is the center is allowed to reposition, re- position yeah. it so he can fire it back. Um, I you see it all the time on PATs and field goals where the long snapper, pos- you know, as he's bent over in his stance moves the football into position and sets it before he fires it back uh, to the holder. It happens all the time. But again, that's the only place that I can see any type of a foul that could be considered a false start by the Browns because there isn't a single offensive lineman in that formation that moved until those two Ravens came off the line and ran into guys. That's and, when that's when the Browns movement occurred. Th- there's one other point to that snap, too, that I, I don't know if you recognize or saw this, too. But last time I checked, if the offense is offside, it's an automatic whistle. Correct. Dead ball at that moment. Play yeah, does not. Well, move there's, forward. There's, there's no offsides on offense. It's defense is offsides. False. Right. It's, it's, it's false. false start. Start it's a dead ball, though. Right. Dead on. ball. There's no movement that as soon as you see the movement on the offense. That would trigger the penalty. They would the play the is whistle. over. Yeah, they would correct blow the whistle. Yeah. Well, the problem is, is that they, they went they to go snap the that until the two Ravens come across and slam into uh, the Browns line. Then well, they watch the. the here's the other issue: the clock. Look at the clock because the Browns lost the two minute warning on that. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, I mean that 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 was some quality home timekeeping <laughs> yeah i wonder I, I, well you know when they replay this game at the end of the season because of the protest i'm sure that this will all come into light <laughs> like that ever happens yeah I, I but mean, it, whatever i look again, don't I, leave it I, up to the officials yeah, don't leave it up to them in the end That's they all. put it in the officials hands a little bit and you know the the management at the end of the first half uh nick chubb i wrote this too he, he must get absolutely gassed in games because they tend to give him breaks at inexplicable times. Let's talk about that when we come back, too, because if you look at the numbers, and again, you need to get Nick Chubb to 17, I'm sorry, get him to 18 carries. Talk about that when we come back. It's always game day in Cleveland. He's Daryl Ryder on Randy Best. 